James Booknight is available. Will he play tonight against the Atlanta Hawks? That's the question. We also take a look back at his first season in the NBA. Plus, what Hornet players had the best college careers? We do that in light of the NCAA tournament, and we'll decide it through a draft. Plus, we look at the future rankings from other NBA teams compared to the Charlotte Hornets. That's all today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and you can use promo code NBA or you can go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks for checking us out and making us your first listen every day. We're free. We're available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH, and at Locked On Hornets. Wes pulled a fast one on me. He said he had too much work to do today. He could not hop on with That's us. A big, I mean, he's got a big game. He's it's, got a big game in front of him. He, it's Look, it's the same magnitude for him. Not only is it a big game for the Charlotte Hornets, who have a 9-10 matchup, probably a preview of what you're going to get in that 9-10 matchup once it comes about, but Wes Bryant has to get ready. So not doing Locked on Hornets with us today. We did have some straight That's fire cool. for him at the end, too. Like, you had some pretty good stuff ready to go to see what he thought of some of the outfits out there. We'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, I had some good fire and fizzle for him. Uh, so he skipped that in favor of actually preparing for straight fire. I mean, good on him, <laughs> you know, I preparing. Guess. I don't prepare at all, but good on him for preparing. Same. Uh, you think they can tell the listeners? I don't think they can tell. Mm, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Wes, we will get to that content coming up next week. Let's talk about James Booknight, Doug. What an interesting season he's had, especially based off the is expectations. He, he is back. James oh, Booknight. Oh, Booknight. Is, he, he is. is. He is back. not on the injury report. He had been somewhat mysteriously so placed on the injury report with neck soreness. Do, 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 do. Enough where people calling, were questioning. Are you calling conspiracy right here? You mean, Do I need to play the speculation music and just, you know, make sure you're protected? Yeah. Play by it, law? Play it, play it, play it. Play it. I don't want to speculate. Okay, There's go ahead. You're, you're protected by law. Yeah, we just need to play that at the beginning of every show just so we're safe every single thing we say. But people had been kind of speculating. I, I know uh, people were like, hey, what's up with the neck soreness? Kind of weird. We know also that James Booknight has had his problems this season. Remember at the, I don't know, like first month of the year, maybe first couple of months, there was that video on social media that I think he liked, or it was a Snapchat where somebody was saying, hey, give James Booknight minutes. And so social media stuff like that happening. Oh, then man. we got the square up James Borrego, James Booknight. Like he was ready to throw hands, which is hilarious to me. It's still hilarious. And in the middle of an NBA game, not a timeout, yes, not a not a, not at halftime, not like walking back to the locker room, literally in the middle right of there. an ongoing live ball situation, James Booknight ready to just go. Right there. I don't know how weird you think the James Booknight being thrown out of a UConn game is. He'd never left. He came back, joined the student section. Didn't really, yeah, I was gonna say he didn't really get thrown right. out. He just, so, he just sort of put on a put on a fake mustache and a and a hat and Join the join the crowd again. But he's available. You know, after next soreness, he'd been out for quite a while. He's available. Do you think there's any truth to the conspiracy there, Doug, that there might be something more between Borrego, between the Hornets and James Booknight? What do you make of 
quote unquote, the mysterious neck soreness that he experienced. No, I think it's real. I think if you, mm-hmm. if you fake that kind of thing, there are, there are probably pretty severe consequences within the uh, NBA. Um, well, I'm not, so. I don't know that. I guess that's not, I don't think the weirdness would come from him faking it. The weirdness not would him come faking from it or, or just that, that, that the next soreness would be like a cover for, for right. something else. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's faking any next yeah. soreness or anything. What, gotcha. So again, that's why I don't like playing these like conspiracy games. Cause they're so, you love uh, this game. This is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You, you, how many speculation sounders do you have? Like three to cover uh, all of us? Like, I mean, it's what fun. You, do. you know, we, we are, we have fun, but I mean, I, I think in all seriousness, like, like the Hornets want their rookie to to play. I think you know. I mean, they want they want him to be successful. You know, if if they want him to be available, right? I mean, because I mean, they've assigned. And when I say play, I don't necessarily because someone would say, "Wait a minute, play." He's not he's not played many games. Not played many minutes for the Hornets, but they would want him down in Greensboro. Like they want him to continue to develop. Yeah, I don't. Right. That I don't think it's anything like that. I think my I guess my question would be, you know, is there a rift? What's your question? To, Ask me a question. The, 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 the rift. Is there a rift between authority figures within the Charlotte Hornets organization and James Booknight to the point where there just needed to be a break handed down? I look, you're right. I don't want to roll too far down that speculation road, but it had been speculated upon. Either way, Doug, he's back. It's been weird. It's I, been weird. There's no doubt about it. This that's is what not I just wanted typically you to agree somehow. right. This is not <laughs> typically the road, you know, that you'd you'd like to travel down with a high, you know, rookie draft pick. No Correct. doubt about it. Correct. Um the weird season has come because I've said this a million times. I thought it when they t- when they took him where they did in the NBA draft, right? Mm-hmm. Devontae Graham, Malik Monk gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kelly Oubre comes in as a guy that can play two, but you know, really you kind of wanted to play three and maybe even some four, right? He had that versatility, but you also had Cody Martin here. But Cody, until this year, hadn't shown an ability to be a guy that can actually score with any kind of frequency, right? Like this year, that was a new development. So at the beginning of the season, I thought Book Knight was going to get minutes pretty immediately. I, I thought because of the offensive firepower you lost with Devontae Graham shooting and just moving the ball, we know Malik could be a microwave off of the bench when called upon. I thought Book Knight was going to enter that role with Cody being a defensive guy, LaMelo and Terry being your starting backcourt mates. I thought that's how it would work. But Cody really came on strong offensively. You know, LaMelo, yep. Terry, those guys didn't wane at all. Kelly mm-hmm. was awesome immediately, too. Mm-hmm. And even Ish, remember, at the beginning of the season, provided you some right. really nice games. So Book Knight doesn't play yeah. at all. And it wasn't, and, and that's a great point, Walker. It wasn't a given mm-hmm. that Book Knight was not going to get playing time at the beginning of this season. I don't think that I thought he was. Hornet, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think the Hornets even, you know, really went into the season assuming right. that Book Knight was going to spend most of his time in Greensboro. It just happened. As you you know, you listed all of those things, and the Hornets. the The other thing too is that the Hornets. You mentioned the Hornets didn't really need shooting; but they also needed defense. You know, they needed veteran know how because of some of the deficiencies they have down low defensively. They needed guards, at least with some experience. And I, you know, I'm not saying that Terry Rozier or or Lamelo Ball are like amazing defensive players, um, but 
they needed yeah. they needed guys they needed guys who sort of knew the system and knew what they were doing. Defense is the hardest transition to make from college to to the NBA. You hear players say that all the time. Offensively, it, it sort of just comes to you and you you figure things out pretty quickly. But defensively, things are vastly different in college than they are in the NBA. And so, you know, I think it's fair that they decided, Hey, we need to lean on some of the veterans. Well, and, and Cody was really the biggest player to compare him to, because I, I thought that would be the biggest battle. And Cody was going to win defensively. Even if you don't believe that yourself, James Borrego has lauded Cody Martin for his defensive prowess because of how bad he's been offensively. It's the only way he got minutes last year, this year it's changed. This year, he right. shot the hell out of the ball. But last year, he was an offensive liability. He was a good cutter, but that was about it from him. And that hadn't been the case. So you're right, Doug. Like, James Booknight doesn't get those minutes, and it was not a foregone conclusion that was going to happen. December hits, and Philadelphia comes up on the on the schedule. You need bodies. Booknight mm -hmm. comes in, and the Hornets give a valiant effort against the 76ers. They lose in overtime by three points. But that's the first true introduction to the NBA and fans get to book night. Mm -hmm. He goes 22 minutes, four of eight from the field, one of two from deep, 11 points. Oh, this is awesome. Book night is here to play when called upon 12 minutes, the next game against Philly. And then the next game against Sacramento, that's the big boy book night game. Triple mm -hmm. B. 24 points, nine of 14 from the field, six three pointers in that game, mm -hmm. gave you six rebounds. We're like, all right, Book Knight is about to be a main this guy part could of the rotation. Be, this guy could be an elite scorer. Yep, yep. And uh, 23 minutes next against Dallas, four of 13. Doesn't get much frequent playing time after that. 29 against Toronto, 18 points, six of 11. Pretty good. Next game, four of 14 against Indiana. That's January 26th. And ever since then, you know, gave you some minutes against Detroit in a massive victory for them. Gave you some minutes against Memphis. That's about it. My, my point being is that it's been a very, like, yeah, it, it feels weird to even say up and down because there hadn't been a whole lot of ups. There's been a few games for book night. Only that four, have been yeah, ups. four games, four games. He scored in double figures, yeah. I, but you can see the potential, right? I mean, you can see yeah. the flashes. If you view this from a lens of like, Book night is a project, you know, that that years down the line is going to pay off for the Charlotte Hornets, then you feel great about it. But Book Night doesn't view it from that perspective. That's kind of the problem, right? I mean, he has voiced and other players have voiced Book Knight's frustration. I mean, it's clear Book Knight is frustrated that he's come into this rookie season into a situation where and I think Book Knight probably thinks he should have been drafted higher. He falls to eleven to the Hornets, to an unfavorable situation in terms of playing time. And and he's frustrated, and um, you know, you know that's a difficult situation that they have to navigate. And now you got, you know, <laughs> you got the Hornets blogosphere as as um, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not huge like some other NBA blogospheres, but uh, you do have some folks in the blogosphere writing stuff like, "Is James Book Knight a bust?" Which I think is kind of silly. At Re point, we're already right? going bust. It's early. We you don't know, care about hey. no blogs. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Kudos, though, like putting out the headlines. I mean, I get it. Look, man, you know, put out the headlines, do what gets you views and stuff. And look, I get like if you're going to put that on a player. Is he a bust? Yes or no? Is he a bust? No, no, not yet. I mean, not yet. Would you take or because we, we got to get to a break, but you're would you right. take quickly? Uh, I'm going to read you the list of names of players that were drafted in between Book Knight and Kai Jones. Would God. I want to know, would you take yes or no to each of these? Would you take them over book night if you had to redraft right now? Spurs take Joshua Primo. No, I would not. Pacers draft Chris Duarte. 
Oh, God, he's been good for them, but he's older. I'm old. No. Oh, Warriors I mean, draft Moses Moody. Yes, because I had him higher anyway. So, yes. Wizards draft Corey Kispert. No. Thunder draft Alper and Shangoon. He's been I'm good a yes this on year. This one. I, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> I think he's going to be like an elite, like passing score. He's got some multi-level tools. I'll say no. All right. Grizzlies draft. So Moses Moody really is the only play. Grizzlies draft Trey Murphy. Yes or no? He was awesome the other day. I'd go Trey Murphy. Wow. Thunder draft Trey Mann. No, not Trey. You wouldn't go Trey Mann, really? Uh-uh. Looked good in that Thunder game. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah, so this you is... go Trey Murphy, Moses Moody over Book Knight at this point. Yeah, and even and Duarte, like Duarte's a, a toss-up. Th- that's the whole thing, though, about Duarte. We knew what he was going to bring you immediately. Like, you know, he comes in. I mean, I yeah, Duarte is a flip. I I you could ask me in 10 seconds and I might Flippity go Duarte flip. instead. Yeah, I could do that. Um and Shen Goon, like I get it. I just I I don't think he defensively is gonna help you. You know, like, and this is what I'd rather have a, a rim running big man and continue to sit out on the potential with James Book Knight just to see what could happen there. All right. You're right. We do need to take a break. Let's this talk was about fun. I yeah. enjoyed this. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Let's talk. Let's do some more games. Let's do some more draft picks. Let's do some stuff with the NCAA tournament coming up. Uh, but not before we talk about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, I know you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, and that's why you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know you will, too. You can pick two to five players, an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe, and it offers fa- uh, offers fast withdrawals. You can also use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play for a limited Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free, and if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. You can sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. We'll take a quick break. Let's do the NBA. Uh, let's do the Hornets college rankings. What Hornets players had the better college careers? And we'll do it via a draft style. That's coming up next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. Bastard! 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Dale Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number one, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So, Walker, before we get into the second segment, a lot more to get to in this show. Stick around. We're still going to preview the Hawks-Hornets game if you're uh, a fan of that. That's coming up in the third segment. But, But first... We have to. We made a massive mistake yesterday, and we okay. have to issue. We have to issue a correction. And thank God for the YouTube commenters. They caught us on it. We look a lot's going on here. A lot of moving pieces. A lot of moving parts. We brought back a lot of these sound effects, and a lot of them are from years ago. We're digging into the archives. Oh yes, we, I did see this. I think yeah, I know we, what comment you're talking about. We made a mistake, so we played this sound effect. It's a make or miss league, baby. And we said that was LeBron. We we speculated uh, or or mistakenly said that was LeBron James. That is indeed, as the YouTube commenters picked up on, that is indeed 
Kawhi Leonard. Well, and it's a massive mistake because of that was Kawhi's thing. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. It was a bad mistake. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, like that that was Kawhi's thing, and we put it on LeBron. So thank you, YouTube commenters. We appreciate Sorry. the It's correction. been a while since you know what really what it is, it's been a while since we've seen or heard from Kawhi. So maybe that's part of it. Um, all of those players you list way. all of those players you listed to me, by the way, Doug, until you get to Kai Jones. James Booknight has scored the least amount of points compared to all of those players. In fact, if you want to go through the first 19 picks of the NBA draft this past season, the two players that have scored the least amount of points, it's James Booknight and it's Kai Jones. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, you know, yeah. it's understandable, maybe except for Moses Moody and Trey Murphy. I mean, both of those, they, they, Moses Moody went to the Warriors, Trey Murphy to the Grizzlies. So those were situations where you had a lot of players, although Grizzlies are pretty young. No, Trey, well, uh, Trey goes to Pelicans, right? So he, oh, yeah, he yeah, actually, sorry, yeah, the Pelicans just hit a million threes against us. The yeah, last you're game. right. I'm sorry. Um, here we go. I'll play it again. Sorry about that. That's a bad yeah. mistake. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, it's tough, tough show so far for me, but I'm going to rebound. <laughs> I'm going to recover. <laughs> we're going to talk about these college teams. But here's the thing. So, Yes, Trey Murphy. So really then, it really is only Moses Moody. So all of those are understandable in that they all of those players, except for Moses Moody, went into situations where you would expect them to get massive amounts of playing time because Thunder, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Wizards, um, Pacers, Spurs, you know. Yeah, Shen Goon is the one that I think people would be the most mad at me for. Like, dude, why, why aren't you selecting him? I, I just... It's my only. I, I yeah. think it's my only yes. Um, Duarte is the one where I'd, I'd be fine taking Duarte. Moses Moody would be those, those would be the guys. But other than that, yeah, like let us know what you think. YouTube commenters and on Twitter at locked on Hornets of those players. Anyone that you take up, I'm happy with book. I think book nights. I really do believe that James book night, like all of the frustration that he has, if he can control that, if he can harness that energy and, and instead, instead of trying to fight his head coach, harness if he can harness that energy that. into next into the off season and into next season and developing his game and getting better defensively and getting stronger, if he does all that, he has the potential to be one of the best players on this Hornets team. I really I, do believe that. I don't want to belabor the James Booknight conversation, but another point that I have, though, is like just with the way that the Charlotte Hornets roster is made up, if you are going to keep Terry Rozier for the long haul, you know LaMelo Ball is the untouchable piece. You are not getting rid of him under any circumstance. So that's your backcourt set. If you're trying to pay Cody Martin, which I think they probably are trying to keep Cody Martin on this squad. That's just probably another guy. Probably should have kept Caleb Martin. <laughs> well, Caleb's been good too. Interesting college careers, by the way. We can talk about in just a second. But <laughs> Cody Martin, like, where does James Booknight fit in all of this is my point. That that's the question. And is it going to be one of those Steve Clifford and some of the prospects he never liked type of things with James Borrego and James Booknight? Is 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 that is that something well, who will outlast the other? Yeah, right. I don't know. And is and is James Booknight a player that is going to be more valuable because of what other teams think he could be right. than what he is actually able to contribute for your team because of because of playing time and situation because he still has value there's no doubt about it um i yeah so that that that's the part that gets a little tricky to try to figure out where does he fit with the charlotte hornets going towards the future we'll do the future rankings in the third segment all right let's get to 
the college careers that these players had, Doug. And let's do it draft style. We're going to go snake. Um, I will allow you to go first, considering that I just came up with this. And I'm a nice person. I will allow you to go first and pick uh, first overall. But the way we're going to do this is we're going to pick five players off of the current Charlotte Hornets roster based off of the college career that they had. And um, who would be the first, right? I'll go second and third. That's the way the snake draft works. And we'll just stop at 10. We'll each pick five players. So, Doug, do you have a first pick overall in mind as it stands right now? Well, I mean, I think the obvious one. I mean, he won a national or, or he, you know, led his team to the national championship. Um, Gordon Hayward. But yeah, I think Gordon think Hayward is. I think Gordon Hayward is. Choice. I, I think it is the obvious one. Like, there is a player that did win a national championship on this roster. That is Montrez Harrell. You know, he was a freshman with Louisville on that team. Didn't play a whole lot, but, you know, contributed a little bit and then actually had a pretty awesome career the last two seasons that he was with Louisville. I'm going to learn some stuff here because I'll tell you, I am not a college basketball expert, so I'm going to kind of – this is going to be a little blind for me, but mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna just quickly look up some stats here as we, uh, okay. as, we as we do this. Yeah, and so I think Gordon – but Gordon, I think, is the right answer. He only played a couple of seasons at Butler – but he gets his team. He gets oh, Butler. He plays a couple of. I mean, if you play a couple right. of seasons, you know that's going to be impressive. Right. But the ultimate, the ultimate Cinderella is the Butler Bulldogs. He gets them to the championship. He was the Horizon Player of the of the Year, Horizon League Player of the Year, and almost hits the best shot in NCAA tournament history. You know, if that half quarter goes in against Duke. Um, then it's, it's, can I draft Kimball Walker? Is that, is that still possible? That would be number one. I mean, he, <laughs> even like all time would, would Kimba like LJ probably has to go one, but Kimba would, would have a really strong choice. All right. There. Second overall. Who yeah. you taken? Um, yeah, this is tough. I think I am going to go Montrez Harrell number two. Wow. Yeah. Like he would Tarboro, North Carolina native. Out of Hargrave Military Academy, he goes to Louisville, scores 15.7 points in his junior season, 14 points per game in his sophomore season. And I don't know why I'm talking like this. Yeah, I don't either. But he wins the championship. But it feels right. He wins the championship. Maybe I should have pursued a career in play-by-play -play announcing, and I could have talked like this. Montrez Harrell won the— I think, you know, I might have had a career. So he wins the national championship his freshman year. And then when you go to the sophomore junior campaigns, he was really good those seasons with Louisville. And I think that's why I would go with Therese. And it was a tough call because now you're starting to, like I think Gordon Hayward probably was in a tier by himself. And then there's the, the mixing of the tier twos and the tier threes. I'm going to go with Montrez Harrell because of that championship. And because he stayed three years, good school, was awesome as sophomore and junior campaigns. The next pick that I would make, I think I go Mason Plumley. As bad oh. as that would be. Oh yeah, that's right. You get back to back. Yeah, I'm I do. To, I'm about to. I'm about to get a steal here. <laughs> You've been eyeing somebody, oh, Mason Plum. I, I think he actually had a championship too, if I'm not mistaken, and he could have gone. Uh, no, he was actually a little bit later. So I don't. I don't know if he won with Duke or not. But the way that he played, like he was just such a. Uh, uh, he he played for like a long time in college. He played four years. Senior yeah. year in college, he averaged seventeen. He almost averaged a double double that senior year. He averaged he did win a championship per game and and t almost 
10 rebounds. Yeah, so he stayed four years. He won a championship with the Duke Blue Devils. He actually beat Gordon Hayward in that championship game that they were able to win. And 60% so, field goal percentage. Yeah, pretty, yeah. I mean, pretty for college. I mean, that seems like a dominant season. And he got better as a free throw shooter, which would be a welcome addition to in this fa- current. In fact, never shot. addition of, of Plumley. Yeah, in fact, never shot as poorly uh, as he has this year in one single season with Duke. But yeah, give I'm me Mason. To get, I'm about to get a yeah. steal. All right, Mason and Montrez, those are the two guys I'm rolling with. You're full of bigs right now. I should have taken this guy first overall, honestly, now that I'm looking at it. Whoops. Sorry, but you know what? Not sorry because I'm going to get him fourth overall and and add him to Gordon Hayward. It's James Booknight. It's the guy we talked about in the first segment. 18.7 points per game, 5.7 rebounds in his uh, second season with UConn and add uh, 1.8 assists, not many turnovers. I mean, Wow. On what is this uh, two point percentage? Fifty three percent. You know, not a great three point shooter in college. Well, that was the question. In that second season, who cares? You're scoring eighteen. He was a dominant scorer. I'm taking James Booknight. I'm stealing him at four. All right. If you think you're stealing him, then I'm not going to give who I would have chosen next. Then, so you've got another pick. We're doing the snake thing, so you get to have back to back picks. You're going James Booknight. Who is your next selection? I'm gonna miss somebody here. I'm kind of furiously. I've got I've got two players in my in my kitty right now, but mm-hmm. I might be missing someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two, two. I'm in between. Uh, you know, Cody Martin looks interesting, but I'm gonna yeah. take. I'm gonna take Terry Rozier in his 17 points per game at Louisville in his second season. On, I mean, you know, shooting percentages were meh, but uh, 5.6 rebounds, 17, and three assists. I'll take that sophomore season. Had a huge jump. You know, ha- had that huge jump where. Yeah, seven points per game in his uh, freshman season. Sophomore season jumps by 10 points per game. Uh, looked good there. Again, I don't know a lot of the context because I'm not a college basketball expert. I'm just looking at raw stats here, and I'm going to say Terry Rozier. I'll take him fifth overall. My next pick, I'm going to try to bring up the rosters, see if I miss anybody too, because you got me worried that I'm going to miss somebody and uh, it's going to be brutal. I'm going to go with Miles Bridges, um, somebody that came in, one of the best prospects in all the land, had an awesome freshman season. The Michigan State Spartans actually kind of bow out early in the NCAA tournament both years that he's there, though. And so like that's what's interesting. And then even the sophomore year, Miles comes back, much to everybody's surprise, and his numbers go down. You know, he actually, I think he averages 17.1 the second year compared to a 16.9 the year prior, but his percentages go down. He doesn't, he has a really bad game against Syracuse in the NCAA tournament. And it was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, he didn't improve his stock all that much. You know, Miles could have gone maybe even higher the the first year had he gone out just as a freshman. Um, But I'm still going to go with Miles because he was an excellent college basketball player, played with Michigan State. Even if they bow out early, I'll still take Miles, and then I'm going to go with Cody Martin. Damn it! Um, I was gonna, I was gonna snag him with my next pick. This always happens to me in drafts. Like I swear, every <laughs> draft there are five opportunities where I like just I had the player page pulled up. I was about, I was gonna say it was between him and PJ Washington. I was like, no, I'm gonna get Cody Martin here, and you took him. Yeah, PJ was the other guy I was looking at too. But like, if you go to Cody. They have the awesome Elite Eight run with Nevada. And then Eric Musselman actually parlays that success with Nevada and then heads over to Arkansas, where I like the Razorbacks, liked them last year. But Cody, Caleb, both of those guys were awesome with the Wolfpack. 
Cody, I think, was the defensive player of the year in the conference. Shot 50%, actually shot 36% from three on a couple of attempts per game. So I, I like Cody Martin's career. Remember, he played at State first, so he played all four years. Played at State, transfers to Nevada, um, and the Wolfpack are really good there. So I, I'll go with Cody Martin. That's who my next pick will be. So I'm at, I'm at Trez, Mason, Miles Bridges, Cody Martin. Uh, and I have uh, Gordon, James Booknight, uh, who else did I take? Terry Rozier and Max. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take PJ Washington. Yeah. Uh, didn't, you know, not much tournament success. Uh, and he played, you know, freshman season was a wash. He had a pinky injury, had to have surgery, not much going on in the freshman season. But in the sophomore season, he really showed you what he could have been had he, you know, stayed uh, for, you know, three years or four years at, at Kentucky. 15 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds per game, almost two assists per game, almost a, almost average a steal and a block, uh, 0.8 steals, 1.2 blocks per game. So I'm going to go P.J. Washington for a nice sophomore season. Yeah, well, and and just with P.J., like we talk about the NCAA tournament with him. Remember, he was hurt, and we were, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, what what's his deal going to be? And he, I think it was an ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken. But he was great in that loss to Auburn. You know, he had 28 points. He was 10 of 18 from the field. But I believe that was the year that Auburn would make it to the final four. I think that's right. I'll um, take that, your word for it. I only pretend yeah. to be a college basketball expert when it comes to draft <laughs> time, right? I mean, that's yeah. what I, I cram. And then I pretend like I've just been scouting these guys all year. But I'm just going to spoil it for you. I have not. Um, but yeah, PJ, 28 and 13 in that loss to I'm Auburn. I'm about to lose $25 in a in a uh, bracket pool because that's right. I don't know anything about college basketball. That's right. We're going to be doing that with Wes. All right. So you took PJ Washington. Um, and all right, finish out your draft. This will be your fifth pick, right? I think that's correct. Okay. Fifth pick. Uh, Kelly didn't do much at Kansas in that one year. He was ready to jump to, 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 I didn't JT Thor make a little noise in Auburn. I mean, I know he's young. Not, he not as much. I mean, he okay. they they were good, but like JT, okay. it's not like they yeah, they did Scotty a ton of stuff. To Florida, that's a big school. Kai was more of a project. I mean, showed some flashes. Not much left here. Yeah, there's I'm gonna not. go Lamelo Ball. <laughs> I know he play in college. Zero points per game in college. Zero rebounds in college. That's not fair. Zero assists in college. But you know what? Still, I think. I mean, according uh, to the rules, doesn't he? Maybe he, maybe he has a little eligibility left. I don't. No, I'm going to take Lamelo Ball. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know about the the rules now. That oh, got paid. I got a steal with the final pick, Lamelo. You Ball. did, you did get a steal mm. with the final pick. Take a um, glorious sip from my Nalgene bottle because I just won this a draft. Can you imagine how crazy Lamelo would have been in college? He would have been, I mean, he would have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, the next guy I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like Isaiah played played for Washington. He was Mr. Irrelevant in the NBA draft, which is kind of crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he played with the Washington Huskies that lost to North Carolina in that tournament game. John Henson almost went like for just a, a otherworldly blunder of a, a goaltend. Um, they didn't call it and it wasn't, but it was really close to that. Um, yeah, he played three years with the Huskies, averaged 16 points per game in his career there. Um, you know, Husky I, boy. yeah, so I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas, like Jalen, uh, Jalen McDaniels is good at, at San Diego state, but, um, but I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas to go with the Washington Huskies. I'm trying to find that game where he played. Yeah. They lost North Carolina. So they won in the first round against Georgia. And then it was a very tight game against North Carolina. They would eventually lose, but I'm going to go with Isaiah. So Isaiah 
Cody Martin. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling with Miles Bridges and then Montrez Harold, Mason Plumley. I'll take that lineup. I'll roll with that. Well, I don't even need the speculation sound to tell you that my lineup of Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, James Booknight, Lamelo Ball, and <laughs> PJ Washington, PJ Washington would absolutely annihilate uh, your team. Uh, I actually think you're right about that, but you cheated, <laughs> and so you're void. You're disqualified. The NCAA, the NCAA voids all of your wins. You have to take down the banners. You do not. Hang them up anymore, and Team Mail ends up winning this battle. All right, let's we'll talk about Bill Barr. <laughs> this is the time of year I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolution, especially when it comes to staying fit. I'm the guy in the gym basically for January, and then I quit. But you don't have to do that anymore thanks to Built Bar. I'm going to stick to this resolution this year and eat right because Built Bar, while it's covered in 100% chocolate, while it tastes good, it's also healthy for you because it's high in fiber, it's high in protein, low in sugar, and low in carbs. Best of all, you can get a whole box of any flavor you want to when you go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're playing games all over the place. Let's do a future rankings game with the Charlotte Hornets coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Main character for American Psycho was Patrick Bateman, which really confused me. I always thought that Jason Bateman was Patrick Bateman and that Patrick Bateman was Jason Bateman. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I guess we'll get to the overall Hornet-centric topic facing the Atlanta Hawks tonight, the way mm-hmm. that this game could be a preview with the 9-10 uh, matchup in the play-in tournament. Uh, Doug, I'm going to say will be. I'm just going to lock it in. Yeah. I think it's 9-10. I think it's Hawks-Hornets play-in game. They're playing for home court advantage in that game, basically. You know? Yeah, I would be willing to lay down a bet on betonline.net. Speaking of that, I wonder what the line is for this game. More more interesting than the line, I'm interested in the over-under. I think it's got to be the highest over-under set on any NBA game tonight. With, with okay. the way the with, with no defense being played by either team this year, and the Hornets coming off of two 130-point performances, Atlanta's offense is cooking, that over-under has to be just set sky high. So that's well, what I would roll with. You well, look. For- I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it is as I scroll, scroll. Oh, this is college go. basketball scores, basketball NBA going surfing on the internet. Here we go. Okay, what do you you want to guess the line here? I don't know. Actually, do we have a? Ooh, okay. Um, I might have just given it away, but uh, what do you think the line is? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I don't think you gave it away, but it's interesting. I know that. I, I would go with the Hornets because they're at home. And I would say the Charlotte Hornets are favored by three Hornets by three. So why I said I almost gave it away because it was strange. I had to look at it twice, but uh, it is a pick them. Okay. Oh, that's not. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Why were you surprised? Well, just that I was looking for a line, and then it said PK. And oh, my gotcha. brain, my brain froze there for a PK per, uh, place kick. Yeah, they're uh, they're going for penalty kind of, kicks. Kind of, it's going to be decided. Kind of line is that? It's going to be decided by PKs in this game. I'm going to uh, yeah. Over What's under. the over under? Two forty one. Yeah, so one twenty piece. I mean, it's the high. second highest of the night. Wow, uh, I would have guessed that it would have been the highest. What's the highest? 
Uh, Bucks and Kings are set at 241 and a half, and Minnesota Timberwolves at Lakers also set yeah. at 241 and a half. But both of those games have pretty significant lines. Uh, Kings getting eight and a half points. The Timber, the Lakers, sorry, whoa, the Lakers getting nine points. I guess that makes sense, but still, Lakers, Timberwolves, uh, expected to be a little closer, but it is not. Nine points going to the Lakers. Again, all lines and over-unders and all that, courtesy of betonline.net. All right, let's talk about, you want to do the preview first? You want to do future rankings, especially with these teams? If you... If, Hit me. Let's go. Rapid fire, baby. I just want right. to, yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's do future rankings. We're going to do this basically name game style. I'm going to give you the Charlotte Hornets. We're just going to do the play in tournament teams with maybe uh-huh. one bonus team. And I'm going to give you the Hornets compared to team X. You're going to tell me what future you think is going to be better and what situation you would rather have as a fan. Let's start between the two teams that'll play tonight. Doug, future better situation that franchise is in Hornets or Hawks. Yeah, I'm going to go Hornets just by a little bit. Uh, You know, I know they already have the superstar locked in, I think, in Trey Young, the perennial all-star. The Hornets most likely, I'm 99.9% sure the LaMelo ball turns into that, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm 100% sure on Trey Young because he's done it. He's led his team in the playoffs, all of that. But I also think that that the Hornets have a few pieces – that are a little bit more flippable in a trade situation or a little bit more desirable in the league that they could possibly fashion a team in the future that is better than the Atlanta Hawks. So I'm going to go I'm going to go Charlotte but just by the littlest littlest bit. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Trey Young, you mentioned him. That's clearly the first starting point and then the way they they you know they flip Cam Reddish, they get a first for it, I believe, with the New York Knicks. And John Collins, I think, is flippable. So you can move off of that contract. Maybe. I, I don't I mean yeah. you can for sure, but I don't think I, I thought, you know, going in, they, it seemed like they were going to move him. It did. You know. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't know what happened where they didn't, but I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of hesitancy for, for some other teams to give up big value for that. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Hawks, but yeah, Charlotte clearly is working with some nice things. Um, I mean, Brooklyn or Charlotte. Yeah, I, I guess it's interesting because they have older mm, players. But let me think. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go I Brooklyn. Mean, yeah, like it's kind of close if they can keep it together. I mean, that's the whole yeah. big question with Brooklyn is can they keep that? Can, can the core win? We don't know that for a fact, but can they keep it together? But I'd say yes. They're going to keep it together. Kyrie, <laughs> he just he can't stop scoring. No, he can't. Like well, he, it's like it's like he's been like sitting for a long time, and he's really and he's really rested, and he's really been anxious to get on a basketball court and and score. Yeah, do those two games, fifty and sixty point outputs, allow you to think and allow you to be a lot more comfortable if you're Brooklyn, even having him on the team next year, and and even signing him to a crazy contract? So if he opts out. Are you still offering him a big boy contract given all that is the Kyrie Irving experience? It's still extremely scary. I, I think some of the things yes. that help with Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I'll t- I, yeah. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll take the guy that scores 60 points. I'll no, take that guy. No, I got you. Um, but the, the thing that helps too is getting a couple picks back in the James Harden trade. So that gives you some insurance. Toronto or Charlotte, better future situation. Hmm. I'm going to go Charlotte here because I think a LaMelo ball is the potential to be the best player among any players that you 
you know, gather up between Toronto and, and Charlotte. Though I think, you know, Toronto has Toronto has a lot of little pieces, but they don't have that anchor yet. So I'm gonna go, I think Charlotte has it. Yeah, this one's close. Whew. I'm gonna go with Charlotte too. A lot of that is based off LaMelo Ball. I don't but, believe Fred Van Vliet is a I think he's an all-star level player, but I don't think he's a perennial all-star. I think it's gonna be more oscillating year to year for Van Vliet. I love OG Ananobi. I love Scotty Barnes. Pascal Siakam is good. It's just, is that almost like a lock-in type of star where it's like, we'd like to upgrade? Or is this a guy that you really want to go to war with? Um, it just seems a little hampering in some situations. So I, I'm i going to go with the Hornets, feeling that they can move off some of that stuff too. But it, that, one's, that one's really close. All right, super bonus team. I actually think this one's pretty easy. Cleveland or Charlotte? Better situation. Yeah, I mean it's Cleveland, and and it really comes down for me to Mobley because that's the piece they have the piece that Charlotte would would just I mean if Mobley was on Charlotte right now, th this team would be like a contender I think in the Eastern Conference not for the not for the Eastern Conference championship they wouldn't be going to the finals, but they would be where Cav where the Cavs are now, and it's such a rare thing to have what they have in Evan Mobley, and uh, there aren't many of those type of pieces. They have him. They can continue to have him very affordably and build around that. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it's obviously the Cavs. It's always the Cavs. It, 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 it's the Cavs. Darius Garland and, and He's really good. Evan Mobley. Those, that's it. They're really good. That, that's the only argument I need. Like, you know, that's the only argument I need, Sean. It's Darius Garland. And they've been and out. And, they, and you know what? I'll say this, too. They've been able to do the thing that the Hornets haven't been able to do, which is, like, go out into free agency and acquire the thing that they need to win. I mean, you know, or Jared Allen, you know, or, you know, whatever they need. Well, and this is also without Colin Sexton, who they can trade and get some assets in return for. And remember, that was kind of the guy that you thought maybe – would be traded in a Kimba Walker situation. Remember, it was, you know, when when the Hornets did not trade Kimba and instead just did the whole, let's see what happens this one year under Mitch Kupchak, Colin Sexton, I think, was the guy that was most rumored to be, you know, at least some kind of legitimate trade piece, and it ended up not happening. They're having all this success without Colin Sexton, but you can still flip him for some value. Um, that, oh, they re-signed re Jared Allen in free agency. I think they got him in a trade with the J Nets. No, they did. Yeah, so it was the Nets trade, Karis LeVert. Yeah, they re-signed him in yeah. free agency before he became available. Cle Cleveland is clear. The Toronto one, even looking at the Raptors' payroll, I might have to go with Toronto. Ananobi's on a decent... I like his contract. Scotty Barnes. flip-flopper. I am a flip-flopper. I'm Flippity sorry. You're you're paying Pascal Siakam, you know, thirty three million in the next two years too. You're a disgrace stuff. to this what, podcast. Number one thing you're watching for tonight, Doug, against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I think it's going to come down to this is uh, you know not uh, anything revolutionary, but three point shooting. I mean, if you remember in that last matchup where the Hawks uh, ran the Hornets off the floor, the Hornets missed their first nineteen three point shots. I don't expect that to happen again. Uh, Atlanta's allowing teams to shoot 35% from 3 this season. But amazingly they're holding Charlotte, a team that has generally been good at three point shooting this season. At one point they were, you know, near the top of the league. Uh they're holding them to 27% shooting from deep through 3 games this season. So, I think if the Hornets can shoot well, they've got a shot. Atlanta can't play defense, the Hornets can't play defense. This is going to be uh, a lot of fast break, a lot of deep threes, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a big game. And, and you know, when you tune in to tomorrow's show, 
you're we're going to know a lot more about the Hornets and their opportunity to win a play-in game uh, th- than we did than we do right now. It does feel like a dress rehearsal in a lot of different ways, considering this is going to be the Will team. Will they take it seriously? If I had a second thing I was watching for, I know yeah. I wasn't allowed a second thing I was watching for, just like I wasn't, uh, you know, quote, allowed to take LaMelo Ball, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second thing I would be watching for is, do they take this game seriously? I mean, that's yeah. been the thing all year. They've had big games. They've had opportunities this season to prove to everyone that they were mature, ready for playoff experience. You know, you bring IT in, veteran savvy little playoff experience you know are they going to take this one seriously do they come out from the jump ready to go or do we see them do the same thing that they did against the pelicans and against the thunder come out sloppy they got away with it in those two games because they were more talented than the players that the other team had to offer Atlanta, that's not the situation against atlanta if they come out like they did in those two games they're going to get blitzed again I want to see Trey Young's stat line. If you look at his stat line against the Hornets, it's actually below what his career averages are in a lot of different areas. So, like, if you look at Trey, he's averaged 21 points in his career against the Hornets. He's played 11 games against Charlotte, 8.7 assists, and that's kind of on the mark with the nine career assists that he averages. Um, He's played well in the last two games. I believe he's had 30 and 25-point outputs the last two. But if you go to the previous three, Hornets did a pretty good job defensively against him, missed a lot of shots. And I, Trey Young is the guy to me that I, I just want to see what his stat line looks like at the end of this. And if it's good, then obviously you would think Atlanta wins. But if you hold him in check, can you hold him to 20 points and then eight assists, that career average that he's had against Charlotte, then I think the Hornets are going to have a decent shot. And by the way, like the Clint Capella game log, the first time they played, he missed one shot. The two games after that, Capella didn't even really do anything offensively. Single digits in both of those games. And so that's another thing I'll always look at. It's the big man situation. But are you going to get good Capella, um, big-time impact offensively, or are you going to get bad Capella where he gives you single-digit outputs? Well, just real quick, going back to the Trey Young thing, you know, the last two times the Hornets have played decent Eastern Conference teams, they allowed uh, one guy to score a 40-burger and one guy to score a 50-burger. But it wasn't 60. But it wasn't 60. It wasn't 60, but can they keep Trey Young under 40? (laughs) Something to watch for. That is the question. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.